Welcome to Gain Meets, the new podcast from Gain, a UK charity on a mission to empower and educate the next generation of investment professionals. Join us as we explore the exciting world of investment management and introduce you to key investment concepts, no previous knowledge needed. So whether you're a student looking to pursue a career in finance or a young professional looking to expand your knowledge, Gain Meets is a fantastic way to learn about investment concepts and sharpen your industry knowledge. Perfect for exploring your options or to give you an added edge when it comes to interviews. So tune in and get ready to gain a new perspective on investment management careers. Welcome everybody to this episode of Gain Meets and I'm delighted to be joined by Rebecca Lloyd who is a women's health and careers advocate, a speaker, a consultant, an event and podcast host and the founder of This Independent Life. She's deeply passionate about the power of business as a force for good and has been featured in The Guardian and on the BBC and has helped thousands of people around the world and she's going to talk to us today about the soft skills that we need if we're going to go forwards into a career in investment management. So welcome Rebecca, hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back again and yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for the opportunity and yeah, I'm excited to get into it. It's like one of my favourite topics. (laughs) So we'll get straight into it then. So what are some examples of soft skills? Yeah, so I mean, it's sometimes like how long is a piece of string? (laughs) Um, But I'll focus on the um, the most common ones and I think the most important ones that I've found, again, a lot of what I do is all through personal and lived experience, but also that of my community and, you know, the people that I've worked with over the past however many years. So I think for me, first and foremost, um, communication. And I, I know you'll have probably heard some of these before, but I think it's so important to reinforce these things because we really take for granted, I think, the value that these things can have. Um, and when, yeah, when we think about communication, this isn't just about like having a conversation, having a chat in the office. Yes, that's, you know, it's good to be personable and, and to take an interest in people. But this is really about thinking, okay, when you're in those situations, whether it's in a meeting or whether you're with a client, you know, what, whatever situation you're in, being really curious, being really present, but actually asking questions and being really um, confident about sharing your opinion and also sharing your point of view. I think a lot of times we sometimes think unless you're the most senior person in the room, you're not there to, you know, add any value and you shouldn't be chipping in and kind of giving your perspective. But actually, that's why you're there. And that's why we have teams in companies. And that's why we create these spaces, <clears throat> excuse me, where we are bringing in different people with different backgrounds and experiences to contribute whatever that is. So communication and being really clear in that communication, obviously sensitive to the situations and being mindful of, you know, that environment that you're in. But actually, I think a lot of us probably overthink a little bit like, oh, should I ask this question or am I going to look stupid? And actually nine times out of 10, everybody else in the room is probably thinking the same thing and they're just maybe a little bit scared to say it. So I think being really um, sort of assertive in that and, and being really confident in, you know, you're there, you deserve to be there, you have an opinion and that should be heard. So yeah, communication first and foremost, time management, again, it sounds a bit dry, but this is a big one for me has literally been revolutionary in terms of me with my business but also before when I was you know running a you know a big agency and had a lot of different things happening like you had to make sure you were on top of your calendar for me calendar blocking is something that I have found like life-changing um I literally use it as my to-do list to be honest now because I find it so helpful to see 
really practically and I'm quite visual. So again, it's kind of finding what works for you with all of this. But when it comes to time management, it it can be something that people think, oh, it's not that big a deal. It doesn't really matter. Like I'm just going to turn up to my meetings and, you know, I'll figure it out. But actually being really proactive and thinking about, okay, what do I have to do today? What are my priorities? You know, and then sort of working with your team to work through things if there are things that you need help with. But actually being intentional about that, being respectful and always making sure that you're on time as well. I think sometimes, you know, we're all busy and everyone's maybe sometimes late you're maybe you're the one that's always late or maybe you're thinking you know oh it's fine I'll just do this and I'll no I think it's really important to be sensitive and mindful that everybody is busy right like we're, we're all busy we all have a lot of things going on in our professional and personal lives um but there's no need to kind of I guess feel like you have the ability to kind of do whatever you want if you know what I mean so um, again I know this isn't isn't something that a lot of people do but I think it's good to mention because it's these little things that I think sometimes we take for granted um but yeah just being really mindful and respectful of other people's time as well as your own um accountability is another big one um so making sure that you know you are being accountable for what you're doing and making sure that again, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before, you know, you're there for a reason. And it's really important that you are there as a reliable, you know, whether you want to call it a safe pair of hands, you know, however you want to call it, but that you're being really accountable and you're there to support your team, whether that's supporting up or supporting down or supporting sideways, you know, you're there to be a cog in the wheel and to make sure that you're doing what you should be doing and and acting in a way that does feel like you're, you know, people want to work with you and collaborate with you. Um, and I think that accountability, again, is something that we can sort of take for granted. But that is something, again, from a reputational standpoint. And if you are early in your career, you really need to be thinking about these kind of things because it's all about, you know, that connection, those interpersonal relationships. And if people know that you're accountable, you can bet <laughs> your bottom dollar or whatever the saying is that they're going to be coming back to you in the future. Um, so that's also a really good one in terms of just general career development. Um, and then just little yeah. things like, you know, proactivity, problem solving, proposing ideas, you know, sharing your suggestions, having that sort of just, you know, being there and being engaged and sort of being that sort of positive Um, you know, I'm not talking about toxic positivity, but actually, you know, if you're there and you're passionate about it, people love to feel that and love to hear that. So, so being there and, and, you know, not being afraid to share what your ideas are, because a good idea can come from anywhere. Trust me. (laughs) Um, It's always surprising (laughs) sometimes how, how ideas come to light. I think a lot of the students that we work with, you know, it's their first role, they might be working in an internship placement, or they might be just going into their graduate role. So they're really early on in their careers. And yes, they've learned their stuff, you know, to be to secure that role and to get there. But we often find when we're talking to students that there can be a little bit of a barrier, a little bit of imposter syndrome lurking there. And I think it's important for students to remember that they are valid to be there. And their co-workers and the people that they're surrounded with at work understand where they're at in their career journey. You're not expected to join a company and know as much as the chief investment officer or you know people that have been there 10, 20 years. So when we think about imposter syndrome, I think it's really important to remember that actually you have everything you need to do that role because you've been hired for it and your employer knows where you've come from and you know the learning that you've got and the level of experience you've got have you Rebecca got any practical tips if people you know are hearing me say that and get that but it's hard to implement when they're actually in the office they still feel that sense of you know maybe I shouldn't be here maybe I shouldn't have got this job 
How can they counteract that? Yeah, so great question. Again, one of my favorite topics. So um, I actually have kind of a five-step process that I use. And this is the this is the advice and the the tips that I give when I do sessions for, you know, I've done sessions with Barclays and Schroders and, you know, big companies that are investing in this topic. So, I mean, first and foremost, I think just knowing that you're, you're not alone in feeling that. It's very common. Everyone feels it. I think, you know, the percentages are you know, incredibly high when it comes to statistically how many people have experienced it. Um, first and foremost, uh, b- before I can go through quickly the the five steps, but I think it's just recognizing that actually confidence does not equal competence. And I think, as you said, sometimes we think, oh, you know, someone who's really senior on the leadership team or is part of the board, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're so much better and they definitely wouldn't, won't be feeling these kind of feelings of doubt or kind of self-concern and things like that. But actually, it doesn't matter whether you're an intern or it's your first job or whether you're the CEO of the company. Every single person, I promise you, has felt imposter syndrome throughout their career. So I think, you know, even if you don't have that confidence now, that does not mean that you are less competent and that that's not going to come over time, right? Because it does come with experience and that's something that you build throughout your career. But in terms of the five steps that I would use for anyone that is really struggling, first and foremost, I would say visualize what success looks like for you. So a lot of times we'll go into situations, say a presentation, for example, and we'll be thinking about all the things that are going to go wrong or, you know, thinking, oh, what if I forget what I'm going to say or what? if someone you know judges me or whatever it might be but actually we don't do the opposite and think okay but what if it goes amazingly and what if you know I get you know I get the amazing feedback and this leads to another opportunity and you know it helps with my internal reputation and you know again whatever that might be but actually really focusing on that positivity and trying to shift that mindset so that we're we're excited about it instead of feeling, you know, really nervous and anxious. Fear and excitement are actually the same physiologically in our body. This is with my biomedical science hat on and with my scientific background. But I think a lot of this, it's really about psychology and physiology. And we really can train ourselves to actually change how we think about this. So visualizing what success looks like. Similarly, developing a positive internal script. So again, we talk to ourselves very negatively. I think a lot of times what we say to ourselves internally is not what we would say to our friend or our family member or a colleague. And so just really being mindful, again, of how you talk to yourself, because all of that adds up um, and we can sort of take it for granted. But it's really, really important that we try and think about, you know, a positive way of looking at these things and have that sort of dialogue that we do all have in our head because we are all human and we do have that. We actually have fun facts. We have 70,000 thoughts every day as human beings. And so a lot of those thoughts, I think, naturally can be negative or kind of self-judgment. But if we can develop that positive internal script, that can be a really effective way of kind of gradually overcoming those, those negative doubts and thoughts and feelings, which leads to my third point, which is separating feelings from facts. So again, a lot of times we'll think, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at this or they're going to think I'm not very good. That's not a fact. That's you thinking something or making an assumption but you don't actually know that as fact and so again we can this again it's very normal um but but recognizing and learning to recognize when you are having feelings or doubts and actually separating that from the reality of what's actually happening can just again help with that sort of confidence of knowing what it is that you're doing and what it is that you want fourthly seeing mistakes as opportunities i think this is probably one of my favorite ones because you know we we think that if we make a mistake or if we fail or if we mess up, that's going to be the end of us, you know? Actually, that's not the case. I think life, whether you're looking at, you know, in investment management or if you're looking at any career or just anything in your personal life, 
that's just part of life, actually. And actually failure and mistakes, I genuinely see as learning opportunities. It sounds a little bit cheesy, but I promise you every single person that is more senior to you will have made a lot of mistakes that they may not talk about, but everyone has done Mm -hmm. it because again, that's how we learn. That's how we learn as humans through trial and error and and trying different things and putting ourselves out there. So really trying to embrace and just, you know, not not, not put too much pressure on yourself. Things happen, you know, you brush yourself off and we move on. As long as you learn from it, it can be a really great opportunity and way to sort of push through um, and work through those feelings. And then finally, the most fun one is celebrating yourself and your achievements. So we often don't celebrate ourselves, I think, and pat ourselves on the back if we've done something, you know, really well, or maybe we've completed a project or we have got good feedback on something. But actually, if we can do that, we get that positive reinforcement. And psychologically, that, that again, it really helps build that momentum. I actually keep a smile file. So just a little tip again, if anyone... Um, if you ever get positive feedback from a colleague or from a client or from anyone, I'll put that in a Word document. And I literally just have a Word document with either copied and pasted or screenshots. And if I'm having a down day or I'm feeling like my imposter syndrome is really kind of acting up, I'll actually go and look at it because everyone has ups and downs. That's very normal. That's very healthy. But actually, you're amazing. And what you're doing is amazing. So I think sometimes we just need a little reminder of that. So Moving on then, I guess the step after that, once you've kind of, you know, given yourself a talking to and and realised that, no, I'm really valid here and I'm not going to feel this imposter syndrome anymore. How can we build a personal brand in the workplace? Because that's what a lot of moving through your career is. And it's quite a tricky thing to be faced with because how do you market yourself well to your colleagues or to, you know, potential other firms that you might go work for later? What are some strategies that we can put in place there? Yeah, so... Firstly, I love that you asked this question because I had no idea what personal brand was early in my career. (laughs) I actually only really learned about it before I started my business. So even when I was working in senior positions, it was, and I think, you know, that's a little bit culturally, right? Like we talk about it a lot more and I think there's more awareness, but actually, again, it's not something that we should take for granted, the impact and the power that having a strong personal brand can do. And so for me, again, there's, you know, a lot of different ways of going about this, but some of the main things I would say Firstly, is to be authentic. Um, Again, that might sound a bit cheesy, but I think when we're thinking about our personal brand, it's really, you know, I used to work in advertising and working in branding. So, you know, when you think about big brands like, you know, Nike or even brands like the NHS, you know, they have their visual identities, but they have their emotional identities. They, you know, you have feelings that you think of when you think of that brand. It's exactly the same when you think about a personal brand and actually you being yourself and showing up in a way that, you know, it's professional, but you're actually showing your personality and, you know, people know what you stand for and you're talking about the things that you're passionate about and you're giving your ideas and you're being present and you're being engaged. You know, it's almost like thinking how how do you want people to think about you and talk about you when you're not in the room? I think that's a really good way of thinking about it, because, again, we sort of take for granted that that's where in terms of career development, you know, we want to make sure that we are having as many opportunities as possible, right? If we are ambitious and we want to kind of grow in our career. And so being authentic, like firstly, and just being true to yourself and being really, you know, unashamed about that. You don't have to be the loudest person in the room, but 
what is it that you stand for? What are the things that you care about? What are the causes that you care about? And, and putting that out there, um, I think that secondly is one of the biggest things, whether it's on LinkedIn or whether maybe you have a personal blog or whether it's kind of sharing internally. Again, it depends on your company and what's going on and you know your situation. But I think we sometimes feel a little bit like, oh, well, who am I to share my opinion or who am I to share something? But actually, you never know who is going to be reading that newsletter, you know, seeing that post on LinkedIn. And actually, it's again, it's about being authentic and putting your authentic self out there and actually mm-hmm. being able to really connect with people on a deeper level. Because, again, like with my kind of scientist hat on, we we evolved as humans to use storytelling and language as a way to actually connect with people and learn and share and that's really what it is. That's what these platforms like LinkedIn and Instagram, it, it really it's about storytelling and sharing, right? And, and connection. And so if you can put yourself out there, that again can be a really effective way to building that, building that personal brand. Because then if people are thinking about a certain topic or a certain, you know, thing, and actually that's something that you talk about a lot, that's where you start to be like, okay, you know, you're you're becoming known for those things that you talk about. So for me, for example, you know, women's health and careers, leadership, entrepreneurship, women in business, those are kind of like my main things, as well as things like financial independence, the importance of investing, research, and all those kind of things. I know that when I'm not in the room now, because I've been told, and, you know, it, it takes time to build it up, but I know that actually when people are thinking of those things, that my name is coming up. And so that that's not by coincidence. That's because I've been actively talking about those things, advocating for those things, you know, putting my opinions out there. Um, so, yeah, not being ashamed of that and just communicating your values, your ideas, and just, you know, thinking about, you know, slightly longer term, not too much, but just thinking, you know, where do you want to go? What are the things that you that you visualize? And what are the things that you envision for your life? And, you know, in society or your career, or it can be anything, but just putting that out there, feeling confident in that. um, And just asking for opportunities, you know, every company will have different, most have, you know, networks or ERGs. um, Mm -hmm. And that can be a really, really great way of getting involved and, and being able to you know, have opportunities to be in front of your organization and be in front of peers and whether that's you looking for, you know, a promotion or just just to connect with people to learn from a mentoring standpoint. You never know what is going to come from having a good personal brand, but it's absolutely critical, I think, now more than ever to make sure that you are putting time and effort into that. I wanted to come back to something you mentioned a while ago and I wanted to talk about managing time because working in investment management can be quite a demanding industry on occasions. It'd be good to hear from you some strategies of how to manage work-life balance. I think for me, a big one when it comes to managing time and particularly looking at work-life balance is boundaries. There's actually four different types of boundaries. And again, I'm, I'm mindful of time, so I won't go into all of it now, but there are actually different types of boundaries. So we have physical, emotional, time and material boundaries. Um, and I think sometimes when we think of boundaries, you know, it's a bit like flippant and we're like, oh, you know, that's just about me finishing work on time. It's absolutely not about that. Um, and it's really, again, it's very unique to you as a person and, and it's absolutely different for everyone. But I think really understanding and, and kind of thinking about ways that, you know, if you are going to have days where you are going to be working a lot later, maybe, how can you be sort of thinking about ways that, 
you know, on those other days that actually you're being a little bit more sensitive to maybe some of those other things and making sure that you are balancing, you know, if you do have a busy week, maybe with work, making sure that your weekend, maybe, you know, you're doing something that you really love and making sure that you're prioritizing time for things that bring you joy and actually really, you know, actively taking your role. Cause that can be really hard, right? Sometimes if you've had a really intense week, you know, your brain's fried, you just feel like you've given it your all, like it's been great or, you know, maybe it's not been so great, but actually you just want to like sleep <laughs> for two days. I think it's really important, like rest, you know, is a big, big thing and self-care is different for everyone, but just making sure that you are making time for those things that fill up your cup again and that re-energize you. And that's different for everyone. Some people that can be going for a walk, some people that's, I don't know, going to an exercise class, some people it's going on holiday. Um, But whatever that is for you, just really looking at prioritizing that in some way or another and making that work for you. Um, So yeah, I think that's definitely a big one. Calendar blocking, I already mentioned. I mean, that's something I will just preach about that (laughs) until I'm blue in the face. I would definitely recommend people trying to do that because it's like actually blocking in okay an hour like for example for an hour like I'm recording this podcast um but actually what am I doing after that or oh, I've got a lunch meeting okay so I need to actually factor in the travel and you know it's all these little things that we kind of forget about and oh I need to go get back to this person on email or oh I need I've got a pitch meeting or but actually we don't appreciate how long things take and I'll actually go back and look at okay well how long has this actually taken I say I think it will take me 10 minutes it takes me an hour and because I think sometimes, again, it's a human thing. We're like, oh, we'll just do that. It'll take, you know, like five minutes. And everything always takes longer. <laughs> so Ooh. calendar blocking can be really effective for that. Um, but also knowing, like, when to ask for help, I think, is a big thing. Um, I think it, it is a demanding industry. And I think it's really important that, you know, yes, you have demanding responsibilities. And, you know, you have a lot of things that you're doing. But actually, we're all human. And it's okay to ask for help, um, whether that's from a colleague, whether that's from your boss, whether that's from somebody else in your organisation. You know, everyone's been there, honestly. And so I think not feeling ashamed to ask for help. And if you are struggling to, to not just let it all kind of bubble up and get to a point where you, and that, cause that's what leads to burnout. That's what leads to, yes. you know, a lot of people having to leave the workforce, go on stress leave, like worst case scenario. I'm not saying that's, you know, but that is something that does happen a lot, particularly post COVID we've seen, you know, a lot of that increase. So it's really, really important to just like listen to yourself, be true to yourself, you know, and just know when, you know, trust your gut at the end of the day, I think with this, you, you know, what's right yeah. for you, you know, your, your boundaries and, and, you know, your balance and what you need for you. Um, and just being, you know, being in tune with that and communicating it, you know, communicating it with those around you so that you can get that support you need if it is something that you are struggling with. Yeah. Some really great tips there. Thank you. Well, we've whittled through a load of things that I wanted to talk about. Thank you. You've given us some absolute gems there, some really good learnings and things that we can take away. If people want to know more about you, Rebecca, where can they find you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want to learn more, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at this independent life. It's this independent life, everything. So it's quite easy. Um, but yeah, Instagram at this independent life, um, on LinkedIn, I'm Rebecca Lloyd, or I've also got um, a company page as well. So this independent life, I do a lot of, uh, posting and as I, everything that I was mentioning before, I try and practice what I preach. So I share a lot of there around like women's health, women's careers, leadership and things like that. Um, I also have a newsletter. So if you, you can sign up on my website, which is this independent co. Um, so again, that's where I'll kind of share things ahead of when I'm posting things externally, um, really about kind of like supporting the community. And then I also have a podcast. So if you're looking for a new podcast um, where I do have, you know, similar conversations to this, really looking at 
speaking with um, leaders around, you know, different things relating to careers, entrepreneurship, um, finance, investing, you know, women's health. We cover a lot of ground. So that's also called This Independent Life. And you can find that on um, Apple and Spotify and, you know, most places where you get your podcasts. But yeah, I'm really happy to, you know, always happy to connect with people and, um, you know, share anything. So if anyone has any questions, please feel free to reach out. I do have a lot of events as well that I organize throughout the year, which I'll, which I'll post about on my um, Instagram and LinkedIn in and newsletter and everything so please do check them out um, I've got a conference that's coming up my annual conference but I've got a lot of other things organized throughout the year so yeah just really looking forward to hopefully connecting with people um, more and yeah just thank you again for inviting me to be part of this conversation I love everything that you guys are doing and you know big big champion of everything that you're working to support so just thank you for inviting me it's been it's been fab thank you Rebecca it's been wonderful That's it for this week's episode. So don't forget, you can also find out more information about GAIN at gainuk.org. We've got tons of events going on that are totally free, loads of resources, and we'll signpost all our programs there, our insight days, our internships, everything you might need to get into investment management. So we'd love for you to head over there. But lastly, just to say thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening now. And if you'd like to find out more about our work and how we can help you, visit gameuk.org. We'll see you soon.